Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, July 6th, 2017, and you're listening to the Talking Games podcast. I'm Bobby Shortall. I'm here with Justin Townsend. I am returned. Kelsey Lavati and Mr. Hugh Perry. Hello. Oh, we're, we're all back here, and we're just had the, the, the 4th of July weekend for the two of us. So this week, we're going to really focus on one major thing, which is we've just passed June, just passed the halfway mark of the year. Um, and we're going to kind of check in and, and talk about our favorite games of the year so far in 2017. That was a very loud motorcycle. There's one by. I really need to move. <laughs> I thought it was someone's stomach rumbling. <laughs> um, Could you also be that? I'm hungry. So uh, we, we each have games, uh, hopefully an ordered list of games, uh, were my, per my instructions. I put my ordered list in the dock. Thank you very much. Oh, I didn't, didn't want to see anybody's ordered list. I wanted to be surprised. Oh, well. So surprise, surprise, but, um, hopefully there's an ordered list, uh, of max five. If there's, if one people want to do less, they can do less, but, um, uh, max five games, favorite five games of the year. Um, and we're going to spend most of the, the, the show just talking about that because there's a lot of stuff to get to. There's games that maybe we haven't talked about as much, especially Justin who misses every other week, uh, kind of sometimes his games get lost in the shuffle. Um, or he's playing something a lot one week, and then the week he comes back, he's not playing it so much anymore. It's true. So I have one of those I could actually talk about very quickly. Which I'm guessing is Prey. It's Prey. Yeah. Since I've beaten it. It's not on your list. It's not on my list. Okay. It might sneak in at the end of the year, somewhere at the end. Okay. Uh, so yes, I've completed Prey. All right. I let everyone on Twitter know that I had beaten it, and it is one of the more frustrating games I've ever played. Mm. Um, it's, parts of it are amazing. Totally excellent. But it is marred by loading times. Uh, it was one of my early complaints about the game when I first started playing it. Uh, but at that point, like, you know, loading times are bad, but I wasn't transitioning from level to level mm. or air, hub to hub uh, as often and as quickly as I was at the end of the game. Because, you know, you're exploring, you're, you're looking around, you're poking at things. Um, towards the end of that game, you are transferring from hub to hub to hub because there's no fast travel station. So, yeah, you can go outside and go float around in space and try and cut your way through. Uh, but if you haven't opened up all the airlocks, you, that's not an option. Right. So you might have to do – for you to get your objective, go to where you have to go, you might have to sit through four loading screens at a minute and a half each. Oof. So you might run through an area in 20 seconds. That Your original time when you were exploring the area is no big deal because you were – going in all these rooms and all these side rooms off those rooms and picking up stuff so you might have spent like an hour in there but when you're just cutting through it was like you know i'm going from a to b in 10 seconds or 15 mm-hmm. seconds and then waiting another minute and a half right and then to do that all over again 30 seconds later was frustrating to say the least it's a, i mean it's such a shame because i i enjoyed the story i enjoyed the combat it is one of the more difficult first person shooters i've ever played i played it on normal uh, the choice that they give you um, of either crafting um, ammunition or health packs is a tough one because you're either running around hoping to find one of those things just laying around in the environment, and there are times when it just does not show up. Uh, so you're using things like, I'm picking up this giant um, tape deck that's like you know, like 800 pounds and throwing it at enemies. That's what you're left with sometimes. Hmm. Like, and you could do stealth, but I, I just didn't build towards stealth with like their special abilities and stuff. So yeah, like I think Prey is. I think Prey the game is awesome. I think Prey the loading times is really bad, and the <laughs> truth of that game falls somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. That's a so shame. those those speed runs that 
have finished the game in seven minutes, like six and a half. I haven't loads, actually loads in times. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> actually watched one of those yet because I'm really interested to see how they do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, there, there's there's just a lot to like there, and it's just one of those things where the technical issue on consoles, because I, as you said to me, mm. loading times on PC are not bad at all. Yeah. It just mars the experience. Yeah. I've been considering it's on today's last day actually when we're doing this. It's last day of the Steam sale. And I've been considering buying it on Steam because it's like thirty five bucks right now. I like on Steam. If you if 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 I was guaranteed that the loading times were fine on there, I would tell you to go ahead and do that. That's why I didn't give it to you. We yeah. were we were gonna do that trade program. Yeah. Like Bobby's gonna sit through this once and never again. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would like I would pick it up on PC. Mm-hmm. On PS4, it really goes with what your patience for loading times are like. Yeah, and you you play on a pro, and too, I'm playing on a pro. We should say that so that doesn't even help it. No. Um. Yeah, I've heard the loading times are abysmal. Abysmal. Yeah. I, Dark Souls felt like nothing compared to these. You mean Bloodborne? Uh, Bloodborne, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Whew, that's rough. That's rough. So that, that's, a, I guess, an honorable mention for the, the top five of the first half of the year. It was really good. Just, man. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a it shame. Um, so we're definitely we're going to jump into the game stuff uh, very, very soon and very quickly. But we have one listener question. I figured it's been on the docket for a while, and I've been meaning to ask it, and we just have kind of ran out of time each time. So I'm going to do that first. Uh, before we jump in. Um, oh, I see Hugh and Justin's lists here. Hugh, did you just add your list? I looked before. <laughs> um, maybe in about the last hour. Oh, okay. All right. Acceptable. All right. This is from uh, this, this email was from Luciano, and it says, Hey, TG crew, hope all is well. I haven't written in a while, but wanted to say good job on the new format of the show. Um, I have enjoyed your recent topic sessions as well as the lightning rounds. Uh, he congratulates me on my upcoming bundle of joy. Um, he has also has a question for us. I've recently been playing Injustice 2 and I'm and really enjoying it. I enjoy fighting games and take the time to improve my combat skills. Having said that, I never play online. Recently, I have heard a lot about this game's difficulty keeping the competitive fighting game community happy. I personally do not watch or follow any competitive gaming scene, nor do I watch much online gaming such as Twitch or YouTube. How much do games need to balance their commitment to delivering a quality game to regular gamers and how much they need to cater to the competitive and streaming communities? Do you think that these two goals conflict in a way that that the game is held back from being the best it could in either of those two areas? Uh, thanks for the great work, guys. I never miss an episode. Luciano. Uh, so thank you, Luciano. Hello, old friend. About that. Um, so it's an interesting question, right? And, and I want to throw it over to the, the group in a second. I, I think that... I think the biggest thing, the biggest recent example of this neg- negatively affecting the game in general was Street Fighter V. They launched that game kind of feature incomplete, uh, no story mode, not even, none of like uh, in-game currency wasn't working. They basically got it out in its bare bones format so that the, that the, the fighting game community, the professional community could, could play it at tournaments. And so they could continue sort of their their reign as kind of top in, in these tournaments. And uh, the game has the game initially caught on in those scenes and now is is not is not huge there and it's been completely dismissed by most of the normal sort of casual fighting game community because it was so bad at launch as far as its feature set um, that it people soured on it. And I know that I didn't even think about buying it because of all of those things. Um, and so I think that the, it can hurt the game. I don't, I don't think it happens always, but that's definitely one example of how it can negatively affect, I think, a game compared to the two communities. It ended up negatively affecting both, I think. Um, Q, what do you think? Um, I think with 
like existing IPs like Street Fighter Five, you've got to you've got to respect the fact that they you've got a hardcore fan base already in place there who will have been playing your game possibly since they were kids. Like you know, Street Fighter has been around since. I mean, that was the first game I ever played on my Super Nintendo. Um, so I, th- I think you've kind of basically got to have some sort of focus on um, either you set your game up to be aimed at being competitive or you set it up just to be played, you know, socially or solo, or a combination of the both. Mm-hmm. So like Overwatch works perfectly as both because of the the nature of the game um you know you can say the same for like cod whether you're a fan of that game or not whereas a game like um battlefield the game modes in that don't really lend themselves so much to the competitive side or esports um and it's a similar thing with um pubg really like that game perfectly finds that mix as well like this it's great on your own it's good with friends but we're already starting to see you know pro tournaments like there was the what was the one the other week it was like cod versus counter-strike yeah they're professional pros. call of duty players playing against professional counter-strike players yeah in battlegrounds and they, weird and they actually yeah. won a real life chicken dinner yeah um so i th- i think it's I think a lot of it is down to the development of the game and just being like they need to decide early on um a does this game have an existing fan base because the IP already exists and b like what are we aiming this towards are we aiming it to be an esports slash competitive game and go down that route so I think it's just about more about like the focus they need to focus on what what it needs to be and, and go for that and nothing else really yeah i mean kelsey do you have any thoughts on this i know you don't watch a lot of competitive stuff so, but i know that you do watch um let's plays and you and, sh- and other kind of streams um i sort of agree with you like for myself personally i think the reason why i appreciated injustice and overwatch so much as games themselves is because they um were easy to get into as someone who doesn't play them quite as frequently and i think and on the other hand i can understand how it could be frustrating sometimes if you already have that um love for the series and then it sort of um tries to hook on to newer players and doesn't really adapt to the way you've grown as um a gamer and it can be frustrating sometimes so in a way i'm i'm happy that sometimes the, but it's like you said how Overwatch did it in the beginning and it was established and that how was how it was going to be. And I think that if they established that in the beginning before they, they send out the game, um, it's it would be better received by everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 I think you're absolutely both are correct about that. Justin, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, it's just... I. I read his question wrong originally i thought this was when i i I saw balance i was like oh he's talking about balance changes um and i had like a whole train of thought on that (laughs) and then as you reread it i'm like oh i'm completely wrong uh but for me i i I come back to games like um like evolve like i think evolve was an interesting concept 
um, and like a, a, and a good game. But I feel like 2K's problem or um, with Evolve or Turtle Rock's problem with Evolve was that they pushed so hard for esports yeah. because it, it is like you know that the market is emerging daily, and they're still trying to find the right footing for the the. The games like Overwatch doesn't have like a huge esports presence right now because they have their own league going, and then there's like there's sign-up fees and things like that. But Overwatch concentrated itself on making a good game first, yeah. Whereas Evolve kind of just went really hard into the esports mm-hmm. push, and then there's there's not a problem with that if you have a, a good foundation. Um, I'm trying to think of other games that have like that type of foundation to build upon. Like yeah. Street Fighter V was a mess when it came out, but I don't think it was a mess um, in the competitive scene because of the fact it didn't have a story mode or error like or right, top notch training modes. Yeah. It was a mess because its net code was a disaster. Yeah. Um, so that was a thing of like them just throwing it out there unfinished, mm-hmm. and that's why that game has suffered. Um, Injustice is having a, a bunch of problems because they've introduced loot to a fighting game, which yeah. is like as far as I know a first. And I know they can disable that stuff in ranked play, but some you know there's always going to be characters that you feel are like wildly overbalanced and, and things like that. I look at Arms. Arms is a game that it has um, a pretty bare bones package to begin with, and it's up to you to decide if that package is right for you at the price point that it's at. You know, there's an emerging competitive scene um, with that as well. Like there, there is a ranked mode. I've entered that mode and played it for a little bit. Um, but it's like this weird balance of, hey, do you think that this this product is good at its baseline or in, in its foundation and then build upon that and to go into, you know, that esports or, you know, that real competitive scene. And that, that foundation needs to be there first. And you could look at like 50 games within the last two years where they tried to make a push and because that foundation wasn't there it failed so the foundation has to be there first so that's like that would be my suggestion to developers yeah build that foundation i think you're right because i think that i mean you saw that game that they showed the microsoft conference right the darwin the darwin project project, or whatever it was yeah darwin uh where they didn't tell anything about the game and they just but they had a guy shout casting the game and that was it and then they went away and and their their primary push on that is then this is an esports thing and the really successful esports don't start out as something that people go like, this is going to be an esport. You know, like you said, you have to make a great game first and then let the community develop around it. You can't shortcut your way into esports. Into esports. You just can't do it. Like, you know, you need a, you need a big player base and you need a dedicated player base and you need a game that people, A, lo- are, love to play and also love to watch. And those are, those are hard things to come up with, you yeah. know? Um, I think a game like Injustice, as Legeno was talking about, I think that it's a game that kind of perfectly deals with that with that thing by basically being like, there is basically a mode that is meant for people to play competitively, and then everything else is meant for the person who buys it out of the box and just wants to play the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that, that's the best way to be about it. Exactly. Um, yeah, you look at something like, like Battlegrounds, you mentioned Battlegrounds. I, I don't think they could have ever guessed that when they when they started when they developed that game that it would become some this big in the streaming world. I know, and I'm sure you knew it would be popular because the, the mods have always been popular and the games it was born out of were popular. Not this popular, but it's a, it's constantly the second most watched game on Twitch behind League of Legends, um, and it, it's they have professional tournaments. It's it, it's not as easy as most competitive games would be, where it's like okay, there's a team of five on five or or whatever. There's a hundred people. You know, um, 
Sometimes it's free for all. Sometimes it's a squad. But it, it's not the kind of game that is tailor made to be a competitive game. But it is. It took off on itself, and that scene is developing around itself. And I think that that's the kind of thing that these people should strive for. Make a great game. And if your community really loves your game, it will eventually get there. I mean, if you make a great game, it's going to just get there. Yeah. Because people are going to be drawn to a great game. And then by osmosis, yeah. it's going to be entering that scene, Is what, which, which is what is happening with Battlegrounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also there's that thing of, um, like, if you make a game where winning takes a lot of skill, like winning a round of PUBG, you've got to be... You know, there's so much that you need to be aware of. You've got to be tactically sound. You, you know, you've got to be good at shooting. And there's a, a hell of a lot of skill in that game. And I, I I, just think that if you make a game that isn't so much necessarily, like you, like Bobby said, that you don't think that it was meant to be an eSport when, when they created it, but purely because of the level of skill required to win a round of it, it then becomes sort of like, okay, let's get a big group of people who are really fucking good at video games and see who the be- who the best is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, it, it happens. It's a natural progression from, from one thing to the other then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you, Luciano. It's a really, really good question. And it's been in, in our, on our dock like every week for the last, I think, month. And we just have run out of time before we got into it. So I wanted to make sure we got to it before we dived into our... And keep sending in those questions. Yes, Games at TalkingComicBooks.com or Talking underscore Games on Twitter are the two places you should definitely do that. Um, so let's talk about the the games of 2017 that we've loved so far. It's been a pretty great year already. I think most years, this would have been a great year uh, in the this first six been, months. Yeah, this would have been a fantastic year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're only, we're only halfway through it. Um, we've got some big games coming, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to look forward to those games as well and talk about the games we're excited for for the rest of the year. But uh, today's all about the games that have already come out, and there are games, some of the games we've talked about a lot, um, some games we haven't talked about quite as much, but I, I, it's interesting to kind of get the, the lay of the land, the temperature of the room, and see um, what we're thinking, and, and get ready for the fights that are inevitably going to happen in December when we do our Game of the Year uh, podcast. Um, so uh, what I want to do is, we'll run this sort of how I used to run like list stuff on, uh, on this show, our talking comics, we'll go five, four, three, two, one. If you have one that's at five um, and it's lower on somebody's list, we'll talk about it when we get to the, the lower on the list. So if it's like if Justin had Resident Evil five, let's say a number at number five <laughs> and Hugh had it at number two, Justin said, oh, Resident Evil five, seven is my is my number five. Justin said he would just say it's later on my list and we wait till we get to Hugh for everybody to talk about it. Okay. So we are not re talking about games. Sounds good. Constantly. Um, so I'm going to get my list up here because I have to get a, I have a doc with the, my list. Um, but let's start, uh, Kelsey, first of all, do you have, do you have five games that you want to talk about? No. Okay. How many games do you have to talk about? Just three. Just three. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to be, ex- you're going to be excluded from the first like two go arounds here. I mean, you can obviously talk about the games that we talk about, but we won't do your, we'll do your three, two, one when we get to three, two, also, one. I want to, I want to mention a couple of games that maybe we missed. No. Um, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Sorry, seniority comes in play. Actually, um, I can trump you all there. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, what? No, he means seniority on the podcast, on the podcast not seniority you. at age. Oh, I was going to say. Well, you know, and that. <laughs> um, all right, so let's start with you, Hugh. What's your, what's, your, what's your fifth favorite game so far of this year? 
My number five, and I anticipate it maybe being a bit higher on your list, Bobby, is Resi 7. That's actually also my number five. Oh, there we go then. It's my let's number 15. Talk. <laughs> let's let's no, I talk about Resident Evil 7. That might show up on my end of the year list. Your top 10. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Sneaking at the end. We got, we got, we got a lot of games we left to go lot, this year. We have a, in any other year, yeah. it would probably end up in there. Yeah. In any other year, most years, it would have been probably my number two or number one for the first half of a year. Uh, but it's my number five. Um, it, it's a complete return to form for the series. And it also takes the series, I think to a different level than it's ever been at as far as sophistication of storytelling and of, of, of gameplay while still retaining the puzzle solving aspects of the original games. Like it still feels like a resident evil game, even more so than something like, Resident Evil 4 felt like, which is, a, which is a high watermark, obviously, for the series, but it took the series in a very different direction, right? And, which it kept going in 5 and then way off the rails in 6. 7 feels like, even though it's in first person, it feels like 1 and 2 again, or Code Veronica again, where you're, you're having to solve interesting puzzles. It's, sometimes it's more of an adventure game than even an action game. Um, the only reason it's lower on my list is because just like all Resident Evil games, the, the part where you're doing the shooting part of it is not the best part of playing a Resident Evil game. Agreed. Is the, 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 that, that part is not the best. Um, yeah. But I, the and atmosphere s- and stuff is great. Some of the boss battles, I like watching Justin play it, I was just like thinking to myself, these boss battles were frustrating as fuck. Yeah. It's, it's got to be said. W- it's the worst part of that game. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. the, it, act, the boss battles build into a crescendo of freaking awful <laughs> yeah i mean if you take out the last two boss battles i could be like I, I would think like okay like i'm fine with the way that they laid them out mm-hmm. when you were first fighting jack mm-hmm. uh his first two boss battles i yeah. thought they were excellent yeah. they were they were terrifying you felt weak and, and powerless spoilers for that game but at those last two boss battles and even when you're fighting um marguerite marguerite mm-hmm. like marguerite te- like gets up into the crazy territory the last two boss battles are just ridiculous just like don't fit in with the rest of the game at all and like it ended like the horror experience Mm -hmm. for me of it like that feel like scary like scary feeling like i'm gonna die like it was just a frustrating like i'm fighting a tentacle monster hooray (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that's what keeps it from being higher on the list for me is i think the end section of that game it it's almost as if they got to a point where they were like we really need to wrap this up so we're gonna just push you towards the end mm-hmm. um and the the final boss battles are just gonna be like especially the last one there's not gonna be any real sort of like finesse to it it's just gonna be sort of like you're not even able to move around you just aim and just hold the trigger down and you're just yeah. dumping bullets into this thing and i think it it was quite disappointing. Like, I, if they had made it some like really cool, like visually impressive, but also like inventive gameplay-wise, final boss battle, that would have been a much better way for me to to finish the game off. But like you say, it's a real return to form for the majority of it. It goes back to that classic sort of Metroidvania type thing, um, you know, with a small sort of self-contained location. Um, and like in terms of horror games like the first hour or two of that game are like 
genuinely like really scary like they do a, they do a great job with that and then it sort of like settles itself down and becomes like a resident evil proper for want of a better way of saying it definitely games yes. so yeah i mean it's 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 a weird mishmash of like styles from that like first section to the midsection of the game where it's like out and out resi type feel and then that sort of like end section where it kind of gets a bit rocky but i i loved it in the main so yeah that's why it's i i i anticipate it dropping down a little bit because currently i it was a choice between that and arms for me whether it was going to be my number five and i need to play more arms because i haven't put much time into it so i'm thinking maybe it might drop down my list a bit cool yeah it 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 was really nice to see, and it really makes me excited to see what they do going forward with the Resident Evil series. It completely reinvigorates my faith in what they can do, because they did do a lot of different stuff there. It was just so funny, because like, even though they did so much new stuff, the stuff that was always good about those games when they were good was still great, and the stuff that was always bad about those games when they, when they were, even when they were great was still the, the worst part of it. Um, it always, they've, they've always had ridiculous pointless boss fights i know i just and, and it's just i i it's so funny that they, they they got so much right and they didn't fix those things but i will say i'm glad i was a little worried at the beginning that like you know i was up for whatever they can do to reinvent it because resident evil 6 was so bad but i was really hoping they weren't going to go the full-on modern first person you know outlast type horror game where you can't fight back and it's just about running away and hiding i'm glad they still kept those elements of like you know, involvement in your your own survival with with, with, with fighting. Yeah, um, I would just like a better system next time. But overall, I, I loved it. And there's even as the game progresses on, there are some really cool sequences. Like the happy birthday sequence is awesome, and the one where you're playing as the other character is also really cool. Um, you know, but it's just like you're, but you're absolutely right, Justin. Those big boss fights can get they, they're disappointing compared to what how the game begins. I think um, totally. But yeah, Resident Evil 7. Still a good game. Number five, yeah. Uh, what about you, Justin? What's your number five? My number five is... Uh, what did I put down? Oh, that's Hugh stuff. Uh, Nier Automata. Okay. Let's let's talk about Nier Automata. Nier Automata is... Ooh, this game is something else. Um, I... A game with multiple endings. Like, it's one of those games... And I mean, this has been said ad nauseum lately but it's it shows what the video game um medium can do mm-hmm. that other things can't like this doesn't play in movie it doesn't play in book form eh, maybe in book form maybe but um the way that that game lays out its choices and then peels back layers on those choices in um subsequent playthroughs is a stat like astounding um the combat uh, is why i have it where it is uh, in the number five spot um it's fine it's nothing to jump up and down about it's flashy but really what you see is what you get within the first you know half hour right 45 minutes of the game is what you're going to be dealing with for the most part throughout with so, some added twists here and there isn't it so funny that this game is exactly the opposite of, of what, what we, we thought it was going to be yeah. before it came out which yeah. was a really engaging combat game that had a, a nonsense story uh yeah and i mean <laughs> the Everything about that game is is good, like very good, but I feel that the it's 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 almost hard to describe it without spoiling it. But like the like 
the meta of that yeah. game like the stepping away from it and seeing it as a whole instead of like as an individual playthrough here 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 like oh cool i did these five four or five playthroughs and like this is the story but then you realize with like the secret secret ending that you can do like yeah that's really cool and stuff but when you step back and you're like oh contextually i'm doing this right. like for me to achieve what i want i have to do this and like i I, I'm very looking forward to end of the year like talks where I could just like flat out spoil this stuff and talk right. about it openly. But like I look at that game as an entire package. Mm-hmm. Even you don't know what it, what I'm talking no, about. No. That's right. I forgot. Even you don't I've know. Only played, I played seven hours of it, but I don't know. Um, just like the things that you do in your first playthrough that you find out more about in your second playthrough, like you're like, oh, that's why that character made that decision or like why did like this is why he was acting this is why this person was acting that way or this boss was attacking me because of this it's like oh okay and then you move on to like your third playthrough which isn't even it's not even like a playthrough it's just like something completely different and you're like jesus christ like i'm literally getting punched in the face like it hits you with like stuff i would say like the last of us like Mm -hmm. the type of emotion and like crippling sense of like jesus christ everything is bad right is like akin to that game Mm -hmm. um and I mean the the music is unbelievable. It, it's unlike any other video game soundtrack I've ever heard. I, I played it for my wife, and she was like, "This is different. Like mm-hmm. this is way different than than like." And I like classical orchestra stuff, so it's like I listen to a whole bunch of different things. And she was like, "This is different, even for you." Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. The characters grow on you in a way that I didn't expect from the first six or seven hours I put mm-hmm. into the game. Um, to be an s are like terrific characters and their tale is one of unbelievable sorrow <laughs> um so like yeah it's a game that i feel i feel so strongly about but like i feel strongly about it in like a different way than i have on any other game i've ever talked about on this show it's amazing but it is amazing as like a complete picture so you have to play through it you have to take the time to play through the different endings um and to do that like i said like i did it in like 25 hours um but it is completely worth it when you step back and look at the whole thing mm-hmm. it's an it's an unbelievable pa- unbelievable package Very am cool. i the only person on here who's beaten that game yeah i think so yes i haven't yes. even played it yet i will do before the end of the year yeah it, it has sounds, to be played before yeah, the end it of the sounds year. Really yeah good. it sounds really good yeah well, basically, we have like basically July and August until anything else really big comes out. That's going to be big and time consuming, I think. So July and August are my play, finish near and finish Horizon Zero Dawn like months. Yes. Those things. Those are things you have to do. Yeah, I know. I know. Because <laughs> I want to be able to fight for them not to be at the top of <laughs> list at the end of the year. Um, I I. No, I'm just kidding. I'm no. expecting to love both of them. I'm not. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, for for the first half of this year, I've expected the game of the year battle to come down between like one or two games, and I'm sure we're going to talk about both of those games in the next hour. Right. Yeah. There is a wild card waiting out there. I have no idea what Mario, Mario Odyssey is. Like Mario Odyssey could come in and just blow everybody away. Yeah, it's true. There is that. It's gonna. It's gonna. You have to do a lot to to beat what is currently my number one on on this list. But it might. Um, we'll have to see. Um. Okay, so that we did all our number fives, right? Yes. yes. Hugh, what's your number four, my friend? My number four is What Remains of Edith Finch. That is a little higher on my list, but we can talk about it now. It's my number three, but we can talk about it now. Okay. If it was higher than that, we would, I would have I would have ixnated it, but let's talk about it now. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail because I think 
I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it because I think there's a lot of things that that game does. It's um, a lot of people. I think like, I've noticed in our Discord chat is like a lot of people have been jumping onto Firewatch again um, yes. recently because it's been very and cheap, think, so people have bought it. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you love that game and games of that ilk, this for me is like the pinnacle um like absolutely fantastic it's basically this woman walking around her childhood home um and as she's going around she's discovering the stories all of which are fairly tragic um of various members of her family but you you get involved physically and you like you play their stories and there's so much like creativity and originality and just downright like sheer like brilliance in some of them um that like i i just it blew me away i just wasn't expecting it to be what it was um and like some of them are fairly short and it, there's not much to do some of them just they go on a lot like None of them are particularly like long, long. I think um, twenty know, minutes is the longest yeah. that any of them are. Yeah, but there's some of them that just start off with just like this simple thing. Like there's one thing where you start off and you're like, um, yeah, like somebody who's working in this factory where they're just like putting fish into a machine and it chops their head off, and it starts off like that and it just like builds into this like it just evolves as this person who's doing this thing their mind wanders and you start playing what is inside their mind and it it i was just like, like i was playing that section i was just like holy shit this is like such clever storytelling yeah um so like i said i think in terms of that kind of like first person experience game i think for me right now that that is the best the best of them all i, I thought it was absolutely fantastic yeah, I mean, uh, what's interesting, what you said about Nier, right, kind of holds true a little bit for this as well, which is that, like, that sequence he's talking about, not only are you starting out in a factory chopping off these fish heads, like, he works in a, a cannery, and he's, like, chopping off the fish heads, throwing them on the conveyor belt. It's a very menial task, right? It's, like, and you're doing that with one hand. And then on the other hand, you start playing with this fantasy world in his mind, but you're continuing to have to chop the fish heads off with the one analog stick, and... With the other one, uh, you're moving this character, this fantasy character, this world. So you, in that, you couldn't get that same experience in anything else, right, other than a game. Because it, it captures what it means to be at a job where your, your mind is sort of dead and, and, let it, and let it wander. And how you can do these two tasks at the same time. Um, and, and it's great in that way. It, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful game. Um, incredibly sad. Like, uh, again, comparing it to Nier in some ways. Uh, really, really sad game. Just, just pulverizingly sad at times, um, but really affecting and wonderful and weird in some very surprising ways. It, it, it's, it's. I, I for me, I, I don't know if I put it above Firewatch or Gone Home, but it's in that same stratosphere with those games. Like those to me are the three best examples of these type of games. And I play. I end up playing a lot of those type of games, and these are. The, the, it's right in that grouping of like the best of the best of those. It takes you two hours, two and a half hours max to play through it. 
Um, it's really amazing. Uh, and it's, it's number three on my list. Number, number four on number four on Hughes. So, um, Justin, what's your number four? I don't remember. Hang on. Let's see. <laughs> I just looked. Uh, we're going to have to jump around because my number four right now is Breath of the Wild. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to wait on that one. Yeah. A little bit. All right. Just a bit. Um, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. We can, I mean, we can get to it. It, it. Only because I've only put like 20 hours into it. Right. I and know. so I, I, I can talk about it. And I'm sure I, as the year goes on, I'm sure it will go up my list, but it's just not there yet. Well, we'll talk about when we get to on, on the higher points on our list. You obviously part of that conversation. Uh, my number four is Night in the Woods. That is my number two. Okay, so we'll, we'll wait to talk about Night in the Woods a little later. Let's. How about I do this? How about I go with my number three? Well, wasn't like Oh, that's right. Kelsey, Kelsey can come in now. Kelsey can come in now. I'm going to let her do her number three. Go ahead, Kelsey. I, I just wanted to like, say that uh, these are my three, but I think only really one of them will probably make it to the end. But my number three is uh, Mass Effect. I know people might not agree, but I think for me, what puts Mass Effect on my list was that it was a new experience, and I think it was able to grip me enough that made me want to play, and I think that there was some problems with the mechanics, clearly. But were they to have been more developed, I think I would have had um, a way a way more fun time on it. And I think more people would have. I think a lot of it was like the backlash. And I think that made more people um, like weary when they s- stepped into it. But at the same time, I can understand that if you played the other three, that it was sort of a letdown. Mm-hmm. So it's my number three, but I think it. I'm more biased because I never played one before, so I think that's where I lie on it. But I think had I had I had that nostalgia factor, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah. That's completely understandable. You never have to apologize for if you like a game, Kelsey. <laughs> only I have to do that. I'm the only Justin has to do this. Justin's I'm ridiculous. <laughs> but you are you. Uh, if you lo- if you liked and enjoyed that game, that's awesome. Like that's, I n- we never want anyone to not enjoy a game. So don't ever feel like you have to apologize for for liking something. Um, <laughs> if you brought it to the table for the game of the year, then we'd have another discussion. But yeah, like I I understand that it won't be everyone's game of the year, and I know and I see the problems. I think that it just the enjoyment factor alone on the game for myself is what would put put it high for me. All right. I think it's, that's great. Um, all right. So let's go to our, our number threes, I guess, here. Um, so, Hugh, what's your number three as well? Uh, I think we may have a wait. My three is Horizon. His, that's my number one. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. say what it was, but you'll, you'll wait. All right. So we'll wait on that one. That's fine. Um, I have a game we that can... we can talk about that, that like, because I know... From here on out, our games are interchangeable. Yeah, it's true. We're we're in a point. I now. am the only person that has a game on here that is not interchangeable with anybody else. Okay, what's your number three? Is Arms. Oh wow. Yeah. Number three. I have over fifteen hours in Arms. Wow. <laughs> I I can't tell you why. I can't think of like. Actually, I can. It's a great I'm game. Ba- I'm I'm bad at fighting games. Mm-hmm. I am legitimately bad. I have amazing anxiety in fighting games. I get. I feel the pressure. More than I do in any other game I've ever tried to play. MOBAs, shooters, sports games, you name it. 
nothing gets to me like fighting games. And the thing is, I am, I, I have a decent, I have a decent memory, except when it comes to fighting game controls. I can't remember move sets for my life. <laughs> I mean, playing, I'm playing Injustice Two now, um, which Kelsey, I bet, is might be on, might be on her list. And I look at the start menu every 15 seconds <laughs> because I can't remember any of the buttons. I just can't. I don't know why. Um, I. All of them are pretty much the same. Yeah. Like they're like, you know, forward back triangle. Mm-hmm. It's might be something for half of those people. Yeah. Um, but I for some reason just can't remember and I just get anxiety and I get I get really bent when I get destroyed online in fighting games. So I've stayed away from them for the most part. Actually, I always stay away from them. Right. I only play fighting games for their story campaigns mm-hmm. like Injustice. There is something about ARMS which is just so unbelievably inviting and awesome that I have spent, out of that 15 hours, 12 of it online fighting other people. And I got on there and I got my ass worked (laughs) a bunch. Uh, But I just kept going at it and just like, just kept saying to myself, it's not ranked. Just go in there and have fun. Like, it doesn't matter. No one can see where your win-loss record is. No one is, you you can't be taunted or you know easily made fun of like just go in there and try and get better and so i i I started experimenting with different characters and i settled on barton bike uh bite and bark as my my go-to main and he is not as good he's like middle of the tier he's not great but he has a freaking robot dog with sunglasses so i said i have to (laughs) find a way to get good at this guy (laughs) um so i went on to their um uh their their single player campaign and i started on the easiest setting and i played through one through five and so i eventually unlocked ranked ranked battles by beating stage four or whatever or difficulty four mm-hmm. out of seven uh, and then i went back in and started incorporating different arms on my guy and then i started having some success and there were times where i won like five or six matches in a row and then lost six in a row right uh, and then the other day I played and I won, I don't know, 11 matches in a row. And every time I started a match um, after that, I started where around like, I'll say win eight. I started with three quarters health. And then I started matches with half of a health bar because I had I was I was wow. I had a handicap. That's crazy. And I was winning matches like that. And it felt unbelievably good. And like. Yeah, that game doesn't have the depth of a Street Fighter or a Tekken or even an Injustice. Mm-hmm. But there is a, lev- a level of complexity to the way that that game is laid out. Like, you really do have to be paying attention to what the other person is doing, what type of arms that they're using. Like, you may start a match and be like, crap, they have, they have arms that will block every one of my throws. I have to figure out a way past this. And it's a lot of baiting. Like, I'm going to go in and make sure this guy uses his super at the worst possible time because I'm going to open myself up to it and pretend I'm going to throw a punch and not. Mm-hmm. Like, and you will start noticing patterns and, and things like that that you, um, you'll have to uh, like eventually just be like, I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over so he thinks he has me and then change it up. Because right. that's been done to me over and over again. Right. And uh, yeah, I started playing ranked matches and I have now like I'm now ranked three and I forget how high it goes up. I, I'm not sure. And I know that when I if I keep playing and eventually get up there, it's all going to be the same character. It's all going to be the fast characters that can just spam throws. Uh, so like I might not continue with that because like I don't need that in my life, but I'm having a ton of fun just doing the party mode. And for some reason, which I can guess, uh, Jorah has latched onto this game in the biggest way. And <laughs> so he loves just picking up the controllers and using the motion controls and punching 
He's learned all the characters' names like unbelievably fast. <laughs> um, he's mad the headlock is not an actual character in the game. Uh, so yeah, like there's something about it. The, the character designs, the, the I mean, the charm of the different arms. Um, so so far, I've accumulated like I think 800 of those points, and so I have unlocked arms for half the arms for certain characters and i'm working on all the rest like there's something about it that i just love and it's like i was hoping to like it i didn't know i would i would fall in love with it well it's it seems like it's doing for you in fighting games what splatoon did for a lot of people for shooters shooters. yeah you know games that they normally couldn't get into they got into i mean it's that nintendo magic right what what they're able to do with game types and they're proving they can do with different game types than they've done before yeah, you know it, it's it's like if in their example, it's like if Blizzard made a fighting game, you which know? I'm sure eventually they're going to, which they will. Yeah, uh, but you know it's that type of idea, right? It's like some, there's something about what they do. And Nintendo is a lot easier to like grasp and understand, right? There, the the art style is very welcoming. You know, it's a game that is easy to enter, you know, but but difficult to master. So even if you're just flailing around, you can at least have a good time. Yeah, and I, I for the first time. Um I played with somebody I knew. Mm-hmm. Hugh and I got to play two matches against each other the I other did. day, um, and which was incredibly easy to set up for yeah. for Nintendo. Right, yeah. pretty easy to set up. Um, yeah. And then they were spectating. Like I, I'd be really interested to see. Like there's two people are fighting, other people are spectating the match. Like I think that would be really cool to get a couple people together and do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, no voice chat. Um, right, yeah. But I mean, we could have just jumped on Discord. Yeah. I, we just didn't have the time. Um, but yeah, there, I mean. Man, there's something about arms that completely has me in, and it's a, a lot of it has to do with the way that that game looks. Like, just the design yeah. of the characters are phenomenal. For sure. And it's fun. Awesome. Yeah, I it's think awesome it's just here. got that really cool sort of, like, it's a simple game, but it's got a lot of depth to it, but how much depth it has is all, is completely up to you. So you can mm. it can be as simple or as deep as you want it to be, and I, th- I think that's that's really appealing. Um, and I'm I'm not a fighting game fan either. I like I'm the same as Justin. Like I have this thing where I either forget the moves or halfway through, and my fingers just get tied in knots, and I'm just like <laughs> and just start mashing at the controller. Um, but you know, this the controls in this are very simple. Um, but like Justin says, you've got a is that thing about thinking about how you're moving in a fight and stuff like that and sort of trying to catch people. Like, I, I I do this thing where I sort of, like, jump one way and then you can sort of dash. So I jump one way and dash the other and just try and move them unpredictably and stuff like that. So it's just really cool. Like, you you could easily, like, you know, give it to Joe as a play and he can have just tons of fun throwing punches and going, you know, nuts with it. Or, you know, you can, as a more experienced gamer, then you can then... Like to mix the arms around and and get you know get more into it. So I'm I'm having tons of fun with it. And I I do expect it to be uh, it'll be in my top ten. I I need to play more of it because it's it's such a good fun game. And I mean, would it be better if it had like an injustice level story mode or something similar to that? You yeah, know, where yeah. there's like cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, sure, it would be totally fine. Uh, but my counter to that would be like Overwatch has no story, no anything, and people love the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, they're going to be adding free stuff. I'm interested to see. They already have their first character coming in July, uh, Max Brass, who you end up fighting at the end of the game as the final boss. So you can kind of see what he's like uh, before he's even out. But like, I'm interested to see what other type of modes they put in this thing. Like, are they going to flesh out the story mode anymore? Uh, e- 
you know, any more than they already have? Or are they just going to add in different types of party modes? Like, I'm super stoked to see where this game goes. And man, the second they announce any Amiibos for that thing, <laughs> I am all over it. Um, awesome. Awesome. Kelsey, what's your number two? Uh, my number number two is ukulele. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because I, I picked it because I think um, I really enjoyed it more than other plot like 2d platformer kind of things i played because they're sort of similar but it threw in the um like not option game mechanic i guess of having a more 3d world and it's semi open world i guess and you know how i'm afraid of those (laughs) so uh i really liked it it was like a cute story and i think the, the collecting of um books and playing as uh Lely and yuka was fun there were definitely performance issues and i think if you had played the game on the pc it was a lot better than what i did on the ps4 uh, specifically with the fighting mechanics in the game uh but otherwise no i, I really really liked it i thought it was super fun and I wanted to get back into it and, and uh, finish it. I just haven't had uh, the time. But I would definitely go back in and play it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to try the Crash uh, Bandicoot game and see like which one I like more. I'm excited. Did Crash you ever, is fun. Pl- did you ever play the Crash games back in the day, Kelsey? Yes. When you were like <laughs> three months old or whatever? How old you were when those games came out? Uh, I played... One, I don't remember which one it was, but one of my friends had had it on his PS2. Is that possible? It's yes, there are, there okay. are PS2. Characters, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I, so I played one on the PS2, and I and I liked it. I, I love these types of games. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's a good enough story and um, the art is cute, I, I think it's like a winner in my book. So that's what happened happened there. But I definitely the performance issues. Um, I think they did an update actually recently, so I should try it out now with the with the updates. Cool, very cool. Justin, do you have something to say? You look like you were poised to say something. Oh, I was thinking just it's humorous to me that Kelsey's playing games that or games similar to like she wanted to play Crash, but Ukulele is like you know a direct descendant of Banjo Kazooie, yeah. like yeah. Do, like. But those those types of games weren't not simple but like they weren't user-friendly no back in the day and so it's just funny that kelsey is like i like all these games and she's always complaining about games being hard it's like (laughs) man back in our day yeah yeah and then back in the early 3d platformer days were were not fun yeah the remaster of uh (laughs) the crash bandicoot game so far the um what they've done to that in terms of like judging the jumping and stuff like that is quite a bit more difficult than it was originally yeah it that's what back, i heard it sucked back then that's what i heard that they were actually yeah. harder now than they yeah, were back apparently then. the um i think it was digital foundry they did this like sort of deep dive as they do mm-hmm. and they were saying like the the hit boxes for want of a better term when you land are oval so when you land on a ledge it's not completely flat so you can mm-hmm. slide backwards so unless you judge a jump so you go over that imaginary curve mm-hmm. you're gonna go up down the hole 
and oh, it's wow. incredibly I, I rem- frustrating. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that on Crash because when you're running towards the screen, jumping over things, trying to land on things that you you guess are there, yeah, you would yep. hit them and be like, "Cool, why am I in a pit?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, so let's talk about Night in the Woods now. That's my number. That's my number three. Your number two, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that game. I mean, if you listen to the podcast around that time, there's a funny arc of like Justin being like, I'll play that game sometime before the end of the year or whenever yeah. everyone else plays it. And then everyone's telling me I have to play it. That's when I'll play it. And then I get a text from Justin being like, I started Night in the Woods. And then he finished it a week before I finished it. I finished that game in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a pretty special, pretty special game. Yeah. It turned out to be uh, something I didn't really I didn't I didn't know what I was expecting going in. I heard it was going to be very good. I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, the fact that the main thing that stands out to me is the use of the, the characters and the dialogue, even though they're anthropomorphized animals, it is some of the most realistic and natural sounding and feeling dialogue and characters that I felt in a game, I think, ever, which was the thing that stood out to me the most yep. with that thing. Uh, I, I would say even more than ARMS, like the surprise of the year for me. Mm. Um, at least that with arms, I, I was hoping to like it, uh, night in the woods when you showed it, when you said like, oh, I'm going to play this game. I was at a time too, I think it was like early January or early February where yeah. it was just like, there was like really nothing out of the time. And I was like, I'm just looking for something. Oh, it was right before horizon. Came yeah. out. I was like, I was looking for something to just like, let me just blow through this real quick. And, uh, like a half hour after I started, I was like, man, this is something else. Um, I think the game was like 10 or 11 hours long, but just the way that they talk to each other and the way that your your may is your main character is just such a just an such such an idiot but <laughs> yeah. she's supposed to be she's yeah. 21 she's 22 yeah. she doesn't really understand the way the world works and like and i mentioned this on on you know the podcast around that time but like she left she went to college dropped out of college came back and the people that stayed in that town they all like evolved past her like because like hey we didn't go to college we left high school and worked and like mm-hmm. at, like years later like i've been working for years now like this is what life is like and like life doesn't always have the simple answer and that was like uh, that's the theme of that game is mm-hmm. like it life doesn't have a simple answer there is no easy button to push and sometimes the choices that you are given none of them are good yeah I remember this one decision I made in that game. It was like, I don't want to choose either of these, but you had to. And that's the way that life is sometimes. Like, there is sometimes no right answer. It's just which one is less wrong. Yeah. You get into this sort of discussion with your best friend about, like, her mother dying and the way her her father is, like, drinking a lot and stuff. And and you bring it up as the main character in a really terrible way. Like you, you just, she just is not, she has no social skills when it comes to talking to people and the options they give you to respond to her after she kind of gets upset. None of them are, you look at them as a, as like a, as like a 34 year old person who has gone through life. You look at those three answers and go like, none of these things are going to work out well for you. If you say any of these things and you have to say them, we just say one of them. And it's kind of the thing where like, yeah, like yes, me as Bobby would not say that now, but uh, a 19 year old dealing with these these diff- these topics wouldn't know the right thing to say and would end up saying something stupid especially someone who's going through the things that may is going through and it was it was great to see them not skirt around those things and also deal with things like anxiety um in, in a way that i'd never seen before or, or had ever seen like talked about in that way before and you know even though it was she was describing an experience that 
I had never had, it, re- it, it kind of crystallized some of my own, like, a- anxiety in a way that I didn't expect, which, w- which was really, in, really satisfying in, in a lot of ways. And it also deals with, like, mortality and ideas of mortality and ideas of, like, you know, there are people who are looking out for you and people who aren't looking, aren't looking out for you and, and all that kind of stuff, which was, which was really deep and more than I expected there to be in that game. Yeah, and, all, like, you know, home issues at home. And yes. With your parents and mm. disappointment. Mm. The game has unbelievably good music, too. Oh, yeah, it's amazing music. <laughs> um, Kelsey and and Hugh, I mean, these are games, this is, like, this one's going to be talked about in December. It's so, like, my, it has to yeah, be on, no. the, game has yeah. To be on like, the list. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ri- I'm writing a list. <laughs> it's definitely a Kelsey game too, for sure. It's definitely uh, a game that you. Will I mean, a 22 year old who doesn't know what she's doing in her life. And it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm saying if we can create, I don't a, know, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah, it's universal. Yeah. If we can create a, a May tweets for the podcast, it would fit almost hand in hand with Kelsey. Yeah, definitely. There's some <laughs> social media usage that is is reminiscent. Um, but yeah, you know. It, the, there's a scene early on where she goes to a party, right? Like this like kegger party out in the woods and her ex-boyfriend is there and she slowly gets like more and more drunk as the night goes on. And she starts out being like, I don't care that he's here, whatever. It's fine. And then it ends with like her, like just screaming at him for no reason, you know? <laughs> um, and he, he's just like, probably like, Hey, how you doing, man? And she's like, I don't want shut up. The hell is wrong with you? And, and it's just, it, it feels very real. Cause a, I've been to parties where people have done that. And I've also been that person at a party who's done that. So it feels, it, it feels just so real. And, and I think that, and I think, I think they talked about this on the Waypoint podcast, but the fact that none of it's voice acted, like that it's all told in like text, I think actually helps the feeling of immersion. Because I think if there were actors speaking those lines, they wouldn't feel quite as natural. Yeah. But, but it is natural to the way people speak in text in modern day. So whether it be online or, or whatever. So I think that works really, really well. And I'll say that I never replay th- these types of games. Mm-hmm. I've never replayed Oxenfree or Overwatch. Or Firewatch? Uh, or, yeah, sorry, Firewatch. <laughs> All those watches. Um, but I didn't get to see half of the story because yeah. of the choices that I made. And mm-hmm. like, I really want to go back and see what it's like to hang out with Greg. Yeah. Uh, so I... I I think before the end of this year, we're gonna Bobby and I might sit down together and play yeah. uh, the full like the full playthrough of that campaign and see those other those other choices that I didn't make. Oh, Justin, so many voices to do in that video. Actually, never mind because there's no dialogue <laughs> and maybe and some it has singing. To be read. Never mind. <laughs> we have to switch off. You have to do some voices. I have to do some voices. No, take us out of the immersion. Remember? No, 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 no. No, though we need full immersion. Yeah, but you can't do a stream where people are just reading dialogue lines. Totally can. No, you can't. we can talk. We can talk about what's happening. We need to voice them. <laughs> God. Moving on. <laughs> um, did we do your number two, uh, Hugh? We didn't, right? No. What's your my, number two, sir? My number two is a little game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. What do you know? That's my number two as well. I anticipated this. I anticipate <laughs> our number ones will be the same also. Yes, yes, very true. Um, I mean, I don't got to speak too much about it. I can't really say much about it that we haven't said for the past many weeks. I'm going to say, Hugh, we've talked so little about it on the podcast in the last two months. I know. Does I it know. count? It's not out yet. That, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being a dick. I'm asking no, if but this I'm saying, counts. I'm saying like... 
we have to we make those rules for ourselves. Like we don't have to go by like giant bomb rules. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> yes, it counts because early access games have never been allowed on our list before. Well, uh, we were, but we weren't really playing many PC games at that point, so I think it's like. I mean, and it's also, be out it will be out by the end of the year. Yes, there'll be 1.0 by the end of the year. But um, fine by me. Um, go ahead, Hugh. Um, but yeah, talk about like a game the type of which I've never played before. Um, obviously, like um, battle royale games are a, much more of a PC thing than a console thing. Yes. Um, and just sort of watching it on streams and thinking this game looks nuts um and then building a pc on the back of wanting to play the fucking thing um like it's just such a like i think it's another game like like arms it's kind of like it's at its core it's very simple it's just like find the best stuff you can survive and make sure you Mm -hmm. don't go outside this area um but there's just so much going on there's so you've got to be aware of your surroundings all all times make sure you're in the play area tailor your um load out as best you can to like how you how you play um you gotta if you're playing as a duo communication is absolutely key um and it's just it's just really fucking exciting to play like if you're especially if you get sort of into the top 20 it's like sweaty palms time um and it's it's just so much fun like it's so like it's a it's just one of those games where you can just jump into a round if you get killed earlier on you're like screw it i'll just jump in and it's just you can just easily just keep going in for one more in for one more um and it's just incredibly like it's it's enthralling and it's addictive and i've just like i don't think i've ever sort of like played a game where like i've never had like full-on like lengthy text conversations like i've had with you bobby about like we you know next time let's try and do this next time let's try and do that like i think we should you know maybe try looting this area because i've seen on streams that they have there's better loot there than than there is over here mm-hmm. um and it's just like incredibly immersive it's just like that sort of like um want to get to the point where you can get yourself in a position to win a game and get better at it is just like it's tangible more or less and like it's it's brilliant i i love that game yeah. it's just it's a revelation i think it's like the just a sort of like out of nowhere like smash hit of the year i think really yeah i've i've never wanted to get better at a game more than i want to get better at battlegrounds i've never cared much about being better at something like i like i I better i'll get better as much as the fact that i'll play it a lot and then however good i get playing it that's how good i get but thinking about strategy thinking about tactics i i've never i've never dived into that before in a game really ever um and you know my love for the game really started like watching people play it like i watched giant bomb play it i watched a little like polygon play a little waypoint play it and then when that started happening i started like from watching it it made me want to play it and then, and then I started getting into playing it. And 
watching them play and the mistakes that other people make or the or the things they do right definitely informs what I do when I play the next time. So this the ideas of like using natural cover, you know, staying with the sun to your back when people, you know, keeping the sun behind you so that when people look up towards you, they have a harder time seeing you, you know, st- stuff like that. Um, you know, the strategy of, okay, like a couple of, you know, cause you look, look, you can start the game your first time, dive in, try to dive as far away from people as possible, hide in a house and you can make it to the top 30, top 40, top 30, maybe even top 20 doing that. If you get lucky with the circle, right? If you just like hide in a bathroom for a little while, you can, you can get there. But you'll, if you do that, you'll never get, when you get down to the top 10 where there's no place to hide you'll never win, right? You'll never win. You have to get better at the game in order to win. And so, unless you're playing with people who are great at the game, you just kind of like stay in the background and let them do their thing. Um, you have to know it. You have to practice shooting. You have to practice, you know, strategy where to hide. And that that means like, some matches are just washes. Some of you are like, you know what? I'm going to dive into the military base because that's where everybody's diving. And I'm just going to get into a gunfight because I have to get in a gunfight to be better at shooting guns. You know, because I'm never going to be good at these situations where somebody runs up on me if I don't get into those situations over and over again. It's not like playing Battlefield or Overwatch or anything like that. You don't get the, you don't get to practice like on the job. You know, when you're trying to win a match, you have to just do it. And and that's been a revelation to me as well. Um, it's the game I definitely. It's very much in like that Hitman world for me right now, where I I enjoy watching it as much as I enjoy playing it. Um, and you know, it's got the point too where I prefer playing it like with you, Hugh, like in a duo. Or in a squad, I, I like I'll play by myself, but like it's not as fun to me because like the the act of dying isn't as fun to me when you're when you're not playing with other people. You know, like, I don't mind dying when I'm playing with you because then I get to watch you and like it's you know it, it's entertaining in its own right. But in that game, like when you're playing solo, if you die quickly, it's just like you get a couple of matches in a row where like you don't find a weapon, you get shot in the shot have the shotgun a couple of times or by a rifle when you're trying to run from a house. It can get a little frustrating, you know. But when you're playing with somebody else, that's a little mitigated a little bit. Um, yeah, it. I, and I, I will say, Ali Total Crow, there was like a, like three months ago, he was like, oh, I'm interested in this Battlegrounds game. I saw those people stream it. And I was like, Hugh, I cannot deal with this like multiplayer game of month like <laughs> thing. Like, I just can't deal with it. Like, whoever the game is there with me playing for six months, that's the one I'll hop on. You know, and here I am. I, play, I put 40 hours into this game, you know. So it's like, um, it, 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 it's a total revelation to me. It's never a game that I thought I would be into playing. And it's just, it's, it's just like, it's all I want to play. So. Um, and that's my number two. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we have, uh, you, your number two is Night in the Woods, right? Yes. My number two is Battlegrounds. Kelsey's number two is Ukulele. So back to you, Kelsey. What's your number one? It's Injustice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I probably love that game the most out of everything I played, uh, all year. I think about it a lot sometimes. That'll be bias number one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it really surprised me. I wasn't expecting um, the story to be as good, which it was. I wasn't expecting the graphics to be uh, as good as they were. I was really, 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 really impressed. Um, and I wasn't expecting just the game in general to be um as fun as it was like like i said i really don't play a lot of um fighting games or watch a lot of fighting games so i was iffy about it 
but it was it was a lot of fun and then the more you the more you're playing it the better you get at specific characters and you can kind of pick the ones you like but i appreciate that the game like within the story mode uh you touched upon a bunch of different characters i just thought that the game overall was really fun and i thought it was um an improvement also from the first injustice um so i think i just i really appreciate this game and i'm really happy that i that i got to play it that i took the time to to play a game that i was afraid and uncomfortable with playing at first so that's why it's my number one that's awesome i mean that that's I think we can all take a lesson from what we were just saying about Battlegrounds, you saying about Injustice. Sometimes playing games that you don't think you're going to like ends up being some of the more satisfying experiences you have playing games. Totally. Um, and, you know, I, I think we're all guilty of it sometimes sort of cutting ourselves off at, at times and being like, this game isn't for me, I'm not going to play it. Um, and I, I try my best not to do that. I do it sometimes. You know, um, but playing Battlegrounds has been one of those experiences for me where I go like, maybe I should just not ever say that again, because if you if you told me what this game was and just told me the facts of it, like I wouldn't play it. You know, I thought you would hate it. Yeah, I know. You thought I remember I texted you. I was like, I bought Battlegrounds. You're like, great. You're going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And same thing with the fighting games, Kelsey. It's like you you took a chance on a game that you wouldn't normally play and you ended up loving it, which, which is an awesome, yeah. awesome feeling. Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy. Cause I, like, I figured I would like it just because it's DC. So I was like, okay, at, at most I'll enjoy the story mode. Um, but I, I really liked learning the, the mechanics of the game. And I thought like, I don't know, I think I'm a very like nostalgic person. And I think everything's like cute. And so I was, like, excited to play, like, different characters and just seeing, like, what moves they would they would give them. I don't know. It was, I was just happy when I was playing them. And, like, whenever I would do their move and it was, like, something, I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Like, I was just, like, they were my friends. I was like, good job. That's cute. You <laughs> just had that's fun. Awesome. That, that's awesome. Um, I want to say one thing about it, Justice. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I just started playing it. I'm halfway through the story mode. I'm on a part in the story right now where something just happened, and I don't know if I actually should believe it or not. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I think the story mode is great. I've talked about how much I enjoy the Injustice comics. One thing that stood out to me about Injustice 2 was it's one of, like, those rare games where you could see where all the money went. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that thing oozes <laughs> quality even in the menus. Yeah. Like, you get up to the menu, and it's just, like, the, the menus are, like, there's some sort of, like, stylistic approach to them that is, like, pleasing to look at. And you're, like, all right, well, let me go into just, like, customized character. And, like, everything just loads in perfectly. Like, you have your characters, and then you're, like, you're seeing, like, okay, cool. Like, I, I could add, like, I can make my Batman purple. Why? I don't know why. But, like, I decided in this world, because it's such an offshoot world, I'm going to just change everybody's, char- like, mm-hmm. costumes. Like, there's this costume I am eyeing for Barry. Because, like, he's reformed. So, like, it makes sense to me that he might be like, I want a costume change. Like, I want to be a different color. And, like, I'm going to go do that. Um, I think the armor stuff is, like, a really neat idea. I haven't really, really gotten a chance to equip it yet. But, like, I went into the multiverse and, like, its explanation for the multiverse is perfect. Like, just, a, like, full-on comic book perfect. Kelsey uh, mentions the way the game looks graphically. Like, stunning. 
like stunning exactly. facial animations. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. their their transition from cutscene into hey, we're gonna throw down mm-hmm. is also like very very good and seamless. Like yeah. it's not yes. just like cut cut to a loading screen and now you're fighting. It's like we were just standing here talking and now we're throwing down. Mm-hmm. And it's like you look at like games like movies like like, like a big big budget movie. You're like. This all looks great. You mm. could see why it cost $300 million to make or whatever. And like whatever Injustice's budget was, it's all well, it's like all well spent. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of games that you could say that about. True. Very, very true. Yeah. It is um, a, so, so, sorry. Isn't it? Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yo. Just think from every, like you say, everything menus, the gameplay, it's just an like beautifully put together package. Um, and I think I mentioned about when, when I first started playing it, that, like you said, just in those transitions between the cutscenes, and it's just like camera pulls back, you're fighting, and it's just like it's seamless. It's so well done. Yeah, absolutely. So, Justin, why don't you go to your number one now? It's Horizon. We know you spoiled it earlier. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure people can figure it out by process of elimination. <laughs> uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is a, is a fantastic video game. I mean, there's a there's there's a lot that's been said about it on this show. Um, you know, it is it is to me the open world game, the like the style of open world game we've been playing for years, perfected to a T. Um, its combat refines, visuals gorgeous, maybe the most jaw dropping visuals on any console, um, even rivaling like PC stuff, uh, especially on 4K TVs. It's ridiculous. Its story is where most of these games fall apart story is top notch it's top my top notch sci-fi story its villain is one of the more dastardly villains i've ever seen in a video game and he doesn't really make himself apparent until the end it's not like you know and it by villain i i don't mean the big bad that you're fighting or you, you think that you're fighting through most of the game there is a side villain in there uh that is just like unbelievably bad um there's an entire mission where you're just picking up data logs and I don't really care about those things, but horizon crafts a world that is so interesting. Uh, you want to know what happened? How did we get here? And you don't get those answers until you're way far in the game, but the game doesn't ever like, it doesn't just leave you wondering. It's giving you like drips and drabs and like keeping you on a pace of like, I just want to keep going and finding out more and more. And it's like, when you find out enough, it's like, well, I need to find out all of this. I need to, I need to listen to all these data logs and read all these text logs to see like what went wrong how did we end up here and uh, just running around in that world it's like yeah it's like you could say it's a far cry game but it is better than any far cry game it's better than all the far cry games i've ever played combined um they they just take in every bit like to me they did the nintendo thing of like we're going to or the blizzard thing mm. we're going to take what everybody else has done we're going to refine it, polish it, and give it back to you to where it feels like you're seeing this for the first time. And yeah, if you step away, you're like, well, I've seen this game do this and this game do this, and you still can't do this. But in the end of the, like the, end of the day, it didn't, none of that stuff mattered to me. Mm-hmm. The, the package that was given to me, the, like, the 40 hours I put into that game, I wouldn't change any of it. I thought it was spectacular. And like... The, like to me, this was the this was going to be the battle at the end of the year. <laughs> was going to be like uh, uh, Horizons open world versus Zelda's, mm-hmm. and they're two completely different games. Yeah, aside yes. from the like the open world nature of them, yes. their mechanics are different. Mm-hmm. Their their gameplay structure uh, structures yeah. are different. Their aims are different. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Yes, but man, like Horizon is one of those games where it's just like I, if you think that I've been there, done that, 
play horizon like uh you know people feel like oh well i played like the first two hours and it really didn't go anywhere it's like well i don't understand that because I, I think the first two hours to set up like a ton of world building but if you feel that way like just get out there go find yourself a robot t-rex come back and talk to me <laughs> um so this is good at life advice in general. Yeah, yeah you find your robot t-rex come back and tell me how everything's normal mm-hmm. i've seen that before right. you haven't mm-hmm. it's really good um and they had some really fun weapons in there that these other games uh, i i find um like in your mm-hmm. your you, you know standard ubisoft open world game like they're missing those t- that type of like weapon variety mm-hmm. um trip casters yeah, are hella good fun. trip casters are amazing <laughs> um i mean there's really nothing like this giant t-rex barreling down on you and you're like nope you're not going anywhere mm-hmm. i'm going to just tie you down to the ground i'm going to shoot off your giant cannon and then shoot you with it <laughs> it's the best mm-hmm. um and like their, their their lead character aloy is fantastic uh, you know for me definitely character character of the year um like a tr- like i mentioned before a tremendous story so i'll save my battles for <laughs> end of the, like you know towards the end of the year um but yeah like horizon zero dawn i I think in in pretty much any other year i would would be a runaway contender for game of the year Uh, i think we could probably say that about uh, with with us over a couple of games um there is one giant game in the way and i feel like there is one giant other game coming that could like for me shake up everything right both from the same both from the same company yeah yeah this is the year i fell in love with nintendo okay so no, like I mean, I, I've never really been the Nintendo guy. Yeah, no, I'm for so me, it's proud again. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about. You want to talk about Zelda? Let's talk about Zelda. Um, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is, and it, look, this is one of those things where it feels it's like a cliche to say it. I think, but we, we, it does feel like to me that these last couple of years we've been in some like crazy great age of gaming where like every year there's been a game that's come out that has been like for me has been like this could be in my top 10 of ever you know last year it was the witness for last you. year was a witness year before that was metal gear solid 5 like it's like these games and and I, I and even though metal gear solid 5 the witness and zelda couldn't be more different from one another right and what they do they all did the same thing to me which was that i would play them i would start playing them and not realize that i'd all of a sudden put four, five, six hours straight into whatever I was doing in, in those games. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild just, it, it's this, right, this giant open world where you're given little to no direction except for a, a few quest markers for the main goals that you have to achieve. But the, the order in which you achieve them and the way in which you achieve them, more importantly, it's almost limitless what how you can how you can go about the things you do. Um, I am not the type of gamer who ends up in these like most most time in these ridiculous situations doing these ridiculous contraptions that people do. You saw, I mean, when that game the first month or so the game was out, you saw all of these gifs and videos pop up of like people doing nuts stuff, right? Where they use the stasis power to like knock a tree like a thousand times, then jump on the tree and use go across the entire map or whatever. You know, I'm not the kind of gamer who does that kind of thing. But the fact that it could be done is amazing to me. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's such an un-Nintendo thing to do, which I think is the which I think is the, the greatest thing about it, is that they went, you know what? We're not going to put a bunch of crazy restrictions and rules on you. We're not going to structure this down to the very last moment and minute. 
here you go. You're out. You, you have to do a couple of things to get used to what this initial, like, uh, the mechanics of the world. After that, just do whatever you want. You want to go try to fight the hardest enemy in the game when you all you have is a wooden sword and, like, you're naked? Go right ahead. Um, you That's wanna, how I like to tackle the world. <laughs> <laughs> you want to spend 75 hours getting shrines and fighting enemies before you ever do one of the dungeons go ahead do that too i think that's the path i'm on you know um i will say doing the dungeons does give you some cool powers that you can use throughout the, throughout the game yeah, i gotta go do those which makes traversal easier but I, but the, the game the game is full of just these little these little player stories that pop up everywhere whether it's you're on your way to a shrine or you're going to a certain village or you after 70 hours you find this person who unlocks a whole new type vendor and currency type in the game. Um, a whole new equipment type unlocks. Like, it, it, there's all of this stuff. The shrines are amazing. They're like these little, like, mini dungeons all to themselves. And they, they sometimes, sometimes they have, like, these brilliant puzzles to them. They're like almost like little portal rooms, you know, portal test chambers for these mechanics. And there's the way you can do it, and but there's ways you can completely subvert what they want you, what what the the what the set goal is, or the set um, path is to do them, um, you know, it it has all of those things to me, and the fact that uh, it launched with a system, a brand new system, it made me pour hours and hours and hours into that system. I played it handheld, I played it on the TV, and both were great for me. Um, you know, it's one of those games where I, I'm all the things I'm saying are the the parts that make it great, but the sum of it to me is even bigger than those parts, right? I was just consistently blown away by what I was doing and just in love with what I was doing, whether it was going from one another world to the other or going, doing a dungeon. So it just had that special something to me that every once in a while, open world games get me like this. Like there isn't there. It doesn't happen all the time. Right. Like I feel like the last time I put this much time into a world game, it was a game like Skyrim. And I think, I think this does share things in common with those type of games. Yeah. Obviously it, it, it takes, it takes the idea of like, just walk and you're going to be going to place and then you're going to get distracted by seven other things to do. Um, but it feels even looser than those games in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, like, um, and the world, the world doesn't feel sometimes as random as Skyrim could feel. Cause you, in Skyrim, you go into those, like those dungeons and they're basically always the same type of thing. And you always know, okay, if I'm a nice guy, I'm going to fight a fire guy, you know, and that's not the way it is right in, in, in Zelda. Um, but it takes a lot from modern games. It takes a lot from games that took a lot from Zelda and it, it lets them in a purely Nintendo way that I think elevates what, what has been done before. Hugh, I know it's also your number one, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> everything you said. Um, I mean, it's just the license that they give you for creativity in that game is just absolutely astounding. Like, like you said, Bobby, the, the amount of videos that were coming out of people just doing absolutely like insane things and you just watch me and you're just like I I would never have thought of doing this. Um and it's just like this the sense of adventure, discovery and freedom that you're given um from the off. Like there's very little you know, you've maybe got about half an hour before you just basically talk like here you go off you know mm -hmm. off you go type thing um and it's just brilliant you know the the design it, like the effort that went went into the the shrines um 
was just absolutely fantastic. Like some of them are incredibly tricky, some are like ridiculously simple, some aren't about puzzles, they're about like how good you are at like the fighting in the game. Um and it it's a tough game as well. It's not like it's not like it's just a sort of like you can run around and do what you want when you like when you think you want to do it. Like if if you go into an area of the map where you're not strong enough to be, you will get the shit kicked out of you. Um, and even when you get quite strong, there's still enemies on that map that will just hammer the hell out of you, like, with one hit. Um, it's just great. Like, a, a, the the dungeons are awesome. The Like, the boss battles at the end of them, for the most part, are, are really cool. Um, and the final boss battle is just, like, visually just an absolute spectacle. Um, yeah. taking out Resident Evil 7 um, like <laughs> it's fun to play and it looks awesome at the same time um, but I think it was just it, it it felt really refreshing to me just to have like a game where it was just like it's one thing to be given freedom in a world when you're playing a video game but another it's another to be given the freedom but also you never really feel like you don't have a sense of direction because you're walking around and you're always discovering things. You're picking up side missions or just something that, like, you know, something random happens or one of those crazy, like, dragons flies over you and you're just like, oh, Whoa, yeah, yeah, look at that. Um, or, you know, like, you'll be running around and a shooting star will fall out of the sky and you just be like, what? Like, the first time I saw one, I was just like, what the hell was that? And just, that, like, ran over to it. Um, and it's just like the. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they were developing that game because it just like the amount of creativity and just genius behind that game is absolutely amazing. Um, mm. Like going back on Horizon, Horizon's my number three of the year. Um, I'm about just over halfway through that game and I am loving it. To the point where I do think it could be a contender to displace um, Breath of the Wild. I'm going to have to wait and see on that one. But right now, like, Breath of the Wild is just, like, I think it's an absolute, like, it's a milestone, I think, in modern gaming. It's 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 an amazing achievement. It could shoot up my list. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've loved every second I've put into it. I mean, I actually, let me take that back for a second. Those stupid puzzles with the motion controls oh, yeah, and yeah, the balls. They're terrible. Yes. Those are terrible. Yeah. And so they, luckily there's like two of them. Good. Um, but <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah. I spent a while on that oh, one. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. It, yeah, yeah I know. Doing it when uh, the Joy-Cons were attached to the handheld. Yeah. And I was like, I, I think I texted you and was like, whatever geniuses designed this <laughs> should be taken out. <laughs> Is that the one where you got to um, like flip the ball? You got, yeah, so I ended up yeah I ended up yeah. using it was easier with the Joy Cons like separated from mm. the hand uh, from the the dock or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good like the the stuff that it lets you do like and the little stuff like I'm carrying an open flame and I walked next to a tree with apples and the apples burnt. Yeah, like that's great. Yeah, like it just the the the, the fact that it lets you do whatever you want and it, it is like that. It is like Skyrim. Yeah. Like I just started walking i've yeah. done the main quest and it's like 
go yeah. out and it's like i'm not doing any of these questions I'm just walking i'm walking in a line until i get my ass kicked right and then i'm walking in another line yeah um i'm debating buying the dlc just so i can get the hero's path thing oh yeah yeah because <laughs> uh, a lot of my time is trying to spend is spent climbing up mountains that i just can't get up all the way because i run out of stamina oh yeah yeah um but yeah, I found like I, I found like the labyrinth. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Uh-huh. And so I, like, I jumped in and was just running over the tops of it. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, cool! There's a shrine in here." Yeah, I spent an absurd amount of time looking for that wolf amiibo, <laughs> and then gave up on it. And um, I went to GameStop because they're having this ridiculous trade-in program right now, and traded in a bunch of stuff. And was walking out, and I had I already I paid off two games in full Star Wars and Wolfenstein, and I was like, I had like 15 bucks left over, and I walked out and I saw it. <laughs> I went to the counter and I was like, I haven't been playing because I've been waiting for one of these. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I, I thought I was going to have all year. Mm-hmm. Like in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to have all year to beat Zelda before Ed game of the year comes out. Uh, so I could say everything I want to say about it. And, but then it's looking forward, like moving forward. I'm like, I'm not going to have any time to play this because there's other stuff coming out on the switch that I'm like yeah. really excited for. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to in coming weeks um, when we do the looking forward show. Um, it's tremendous. Um it's a tremendous video game. And it's your first Zelda game, right? Yes. Yeah, which is cool. I've never really had interest in Zelda before because it's like I knew what the formula was. And if I didn't have a Nintendo. And whenever I did have a Nintendo, it was like I don't want to play Twilight Princess when I could be playing on my 360 right now. I just can't. I couldn't handle the way Twilight Princess looked. Um I was a snob. Yeah. I, Twilight Princess looks real rough on the way. Well, now it looks real rough. It but, didn't look real rough then. Yeah, but like I'm, this is going back like when Twilight Princess was like five or six years old. Well, yes. Uh, yes. It, was, it was rough to go back to. And yes. so like the same thing with like Ocarina and stuff. It was like, I'm yeah. never, like I didn't have an N64, so why would I go back and play it? Like yeah. they look like cubes. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, sure. I could play like A Link to the Past yeah. or Zelda 1 or 2, but like I never really was into Nintendo enough. Yeah. And like, yeah, like those games I know are all great and milestone games that helped build where we're going or where we're at with games now but it's like i I just it was never the right time and right place for me to play a zelda game yeah and this was it yeah and it's very very good yeah yeah it's uh it's always nice and we it proves and this year this year has proved i mean they've never they've really been bad at any of their making their games but especially with a game like zelda they proved like they're willing to as they did with ocarina of time back in the 64 days reinvent what it meant what what zelda game meant and prove that like no when we when we when we do this we can do it as good or better than anybody does it and that was really it's been really cool to see i mean look they're nintendo so they have basically limitless time and resources to get what they need to get done so they can't really compare them and they they tell these stories right in the behind the scenes these behind the scenes mini docs they put out they would stop development on the game like every two months or three months and have and play through the entire game up to that point to like to like quality control what they were doing as they were going. It's, it's amazing. Most developers they can't do that. They can't do that. You know, but they're faced with. But I mean, it's also why it takes them yeah. forever to come out with yeah. their like their big yes first party games. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what makes me so excited for Odyssey. Yeah, especially coming knowing how much Zelda has changed. Yeah, it's like what the hell is like even now just looking at it, you're <laughs> like Odyssey looks insane. But like I sit back and wonder like how insane is it going to be? Yeah. We'll have to see. Good year for Nintendo, for sure. Yeah. Very, very good year for Nintendo. Strong. Um, very strong year. So those are our, our, our top fives. I'm going to read through. We had some listeners write in and give us their top fives. So I want to read those out um, since they spent the time. Uh, I have to go into profile and likes. Here we go. Um, so uh, 
uh, Sam wrote in at, at S K Suvak and says, um, horizon zero dawn resident evil seven near automata Friday the 13th and lawbreakers. That's one to five, uh, for her. This, this other guy, uh, Chuck, little known Chuck at we are chucked on Twitter. Um, I think I've heard of him. There. Number five, Neo. Number four, Lawbreakers. Number three, Persona 5. Number two, Resident Evil 7. Number one, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. Lawbreakers has come up a few. I, in the list I've that seen, it's come up a few different beta. times. If, if we got pulled up for PUBG, <laughs> then... Sorry, yeah. Lawbreakers. I didn't, call, I didn't call anybody out. <laughs> First of all, and Lawbreakers has a release date in a month. It's not for out sure yet. a release date. Um... Uh, Luciano wrote and said, I've only played two games, but they both are amazing. Zelda Breath of the Wild and Injustice 2. Um, Michael Zudrow says, number five, MLB The Show 17. Number four, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. Number three, Zelda. Number two, Horizon Zero Dawn. Number one, Resident Evil 7. Uh, another new listener, uh, at dead underscore Anchorus, writes in, um, says, number five, Neo. Number four, Dead Cells. Number three, Resident Evil 7. Number two, Horizon Zero Dawn. And number one, Zelda um bill reeves says um zelda breath of the wild horizon zero dawn friday the 13th mario kart 8 deluxe and he included splatoon 2 test fire can't wait for splatoon 2 it's like two no it's like less than two weeks for splatoon it's very soon yep jesus that crept up on me yeah it's very soon i gotta beat zelda <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of switch games um rabbits comes out the month after that's right rabbits is august man I have to buy it. I have to stop. You yes, gotta get, you a, gotta switch, get a switch, Kelsey. Kelsey. You do. I, I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna post it online as soon as we're done. What that you want to switch? No, that's not the way it works, Kelsey. I mean, no, to sell maybe my Wii U. You like that. <laughs> I want to switch. Enter. <laughs> no, to sell my. I don't my have Wii a switch U. yet. Oh, to sell. Oh, to sell your Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, I took. I took the picture. I just haven't like cleared um my wii u yet so i've been procrastinating posting it but then i'm just gonna post it and if someone if someone like contacts me i'm just gonna clear all the games and the console right away cool yeah you need to go switch because you need to play zelda you need to play arms you need to yeah play I, I want yes i want to play everything i feel <laughs> i feel so <laughs> <without>. <laughs> um yeah, but thank you to everybody who wrote in uh, with those lists uh, at Talking Underscore Games. You can also write into us games at TalkingComicBooks.com. Let us know your top five so far this year. Let us know what games you're looking forward to for the rest of the year because we're going to do a show about that in a couple of weeks as well. Um, head over to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Talking Games videos, and check out all of our YouTube content. Great stuff from Sam, from Cody, from Hugh, from Justin, from myself, um, soon to be from Kelsey and Justin. Um, a little Overwatch series starting. I up think it's going to be called Kelsey. On the Kelsey Places Diva is the name of the series. Yes. I think. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is this, this is a series. Apparently, it's about Kelsey getting better at other Overwatch <laughs> yes. heroes, which I wasn't originally going to be about. It was just an excuse for me to play more Overwatch. <laughs> uh, but yes, Kelsey. No, but I gonna, like that idea. I think it'd be funny. Heroes. Yeah. I think uh, I'd be funny. Yeah, it actually turns into her being good enough to be better than you at Overwatch, was, yeah. that, was what she said last week. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> like, Kelsey's so aggressive to me. I've never been anything but nice to Kelsey. She's not Jackie. <laughs> only been, I've only been, like, like uber nice to Kelsey, and I hear Kelsey's like, I just want to be better than Justin. The only thing she was like, short of was like, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a competition that I made with myself. 
Okay, that's that's fine. That, that's the twist. Like when you're done, she'll just like grip underneath her chin and pull a mask off, and she'll be like, "Hello." <laughs> um, so yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube to all those videos. But when they come out, you can also uh, follow us uh, Twitch.tv/slash Talking Games, or now subscribe to us on Twitch, which. I'm learning all about this Twitch stuff as we go myself. Um, so basically Twitch has like two tiers of things right? you can, everybody can be followed, but only now affiliates and partners can be subscribed to and subscribe to means um, you could subscribe for like $5 a month. And it basically supports us as streamers. But if you're a, if you're a Amazon prime, which 90% of the country yeah, is yeah, Amazon prime member, um, you have, you automatically have Twitch prime. You just got to sign up for it. You just got to link your accounts because Amazon owns Twitch. And then you get a free subscription per month uh, for one channel. And you have to re-up it every month. It, go- it comes due every month and then re-upped. Um, you can use that for us as well if, if you're so inclined. It costs you nothing. Yeah. Except yeah. the five minutes maybe to do it. Yeah. If, if even five if minutes. If even five minutes. Yeah. So um, if, 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 you're, if, you have, if you're not using yours for somebody else, please, um, if you can, use it on us. Um, if, you wanna, if you don't have Amazon Prime and you want to just give us money every month, that's awesome too. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's a new thing for us. We're, 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 we got this affiliate program now, so it looks like we're, things are starting to move, so it's pretty cool. And thank you to everyone who's done it already because we have had a, a bunch of people do it. A bunch of people do it already, so thank you so much for that. Um, uh, well, when you probably if you're listening to this, uh, definitely if you're listening to this, it's already passed, but Justin and I are doing Monster Closet tonight um, on twitch.tv slash talking games. So uh, new episode is already out, though. It came out. Um, Justin learned a, a big reveal on this past episode of, of monster Cloud. i didn't learn a big reveal it was confirmed to me a, sorry it was confirmed to you um <laughs> he got so smug <laughs> he did he was very smug um just like he did in resident evil <laughs> 7 as well uh he's he's two for two so far on guessing um guessing villains but uh yeah we, we have that's coming out every wednesday heroes hideout comes out every monday with cody and sam the best part is when we play our next game i'm gonna be like all these guys are the bad guys yeah, and they're all going to it's be it's true Next game when we we play Outlast two and shit our pants the entire time we play, um, but Heroes Hideout with Cody and, and Sam is on Mondays. Uh, Ladies' Choice is on Tuesdays from Sam. Uh, Cody's putting out Friday the Thirteenth videos every Friday. I'm doing the morning run Thursday and Friday mornings. So we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, Kelsey and I will be starting a guy, a girl, and a payload. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be recording our first episode on Monday. We're not sure when it's going up yet, but it will be there. And no, I had never heard of that TV I show. I know. I talked about it last week I know. on the show. Um, and Hugh and I will continue our, our battlegrounds. Don't worry. We just have to find a time to do it. It's been a crazy, crazy week and a half or so. Yeah. But we will definitely definitely get that done because we got to follow up our number two performance. Oh, yeah. And see if we can get that. Get chill, that chill, 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 chill. Get that chill. number one. Chill, 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 chill. Uh, and I also, would if say you guys have my benefit it. more than his. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen it, I, uh, I cut together a, a trailer for our YouTube channel, and it's sort of like a highlight promo for for all of our stuff. So, check that out if you if you haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, you can follow me personally at Bobby Shortle, Justin Jerome J R O A K, Hugh at H underscore Paz, and Kelsey Kelsamas K E L S S E M S. All right, so we're gonna wrap this thing up so we can start streaming, and Hugh can actually go to bed. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. Next week, Justin is we're without Justin again. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure it will You're be devastated. You, I know, I suitably ridiculous. <laughs> but I'll in two back. weeks, we'll I'll come back and do back uh, the week after. Yeah, and do our what we're looking forward to show into the rest of 2017. So Great. get those lists ready. Uh, but until that time, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Bobby. 
And thank you to all of you who are listening. Until next time, be good to one another. <laughs>